Hey, welcome everybody. This is Driftwood, and we're back with another special edition. Is it a special edition? It's a special yes. edition of the Fighting 99 podcast. You know why it's special? Because it's just Tim and I today. Hi, Tim. Hello. I am in the Fighting 99 California headquarters, <laughs> which is uh, Team C Slug's house. As... Is, is that the official headquarters? It's pretty... I mean, that's pretty much where we use our streaming equipment. It's pretty much our stream dude who's gotten fatter. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it's now like a uh, an animal house since Jay and Ross have moved in. So it's unofficial. Okay, wait. Is he like, still with his parents or no? No, they're gone. Okay. Out of the picture. Murder. So, okay, that's nice. So C-Slug lives by himself with JKD and... And Ross. And I heard maybe Christian was going to move in there? No, Christian is uh, a no-show. As always. Okay, okay. Like he is on this podcast. God. God. So uh, why, don't, why don't you run down, uh, you know, the things that we're going to be talking about. Um, there's background noise. It's obviously because the F99 California headquarters is always busy it's as poppin'. usual. It's Yeah, it pops over there. It's super popping. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we had two, like, official topics we were going to talk about. And then if anything else pops up, we can always do that. Yep. Um, the first, we'll go ahead and talk about a league that's going on in Arizona called True Grit, and I will explain what it's like when we start talking about it, but it kind of raised some entitlement in players' issues that I want to talk about, and how, you know, just everything about that. And the second is talking about a post I saw Ultra David make on social medias um, in regards to kind of the age group of different esports players and, like, what that might mean about each uh, sort of scene of esports. So yeah, those are the topics. Yep, sounds good. Um, obviously, this thing doesn't extend just to Arizona. Entitlement pretty much follows through with every single person in the FGC. The most notable was when Chris Tartarian whined about how he wasn't on Momochi's level. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite publicized. And Wait, what did called. he say? He was like, "I don't understand why." It wasn't him. It was Anton saying like, "Oh, I don't really see the too many oh, differences between Chris Momochi." Chris didn't even and, say it. Yeah, it's like I don't. Like I don't, I don't see the big deal between Momochi and Chris Tatarian, like the comparison. Like, uh, um, really like Momochi's spacing is a little bit better, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, dude. I'm pretty sure the fact that Momochi qualified for Capcom Cup means that he's a little bit better than Chris Tatarian, who's never yeah, won. Yeah, that's a dumb thing to say. Anton's pretty controversial when it comes to like just talking. I don't think he's controversial. I think he just specifically wants to stir the pot, even though he knows he's wrong. I think he knows he's wrong 99% of the time because he is wrong 99% of the time. Do you really think he's aware? If he's not, then he's. That's just like the most blissfully ignorant human being I've ever yeah, met. Yeah, but he's kind of at that point. Like he got ninth at this year and last year's Evo, so like he's kind of legit. I mean, yeah, he's a good player, mm-hmm. but he he's not a smart person. You get what I'm saying? That's fair. Like <laughs> you could be a great player, but you could be an incredibly ignorant person. Like you know, if, I don't I don't want to name names of the Filipino variety. It seems like all the <laughs> Filipino, it seems like all the Filipino variety are. Uh, I don't know okay. where you're going with that, but now that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, he's a great player. There's no taking that away from him because he's already proven that he can definitely be a threat in every game. Mm-hmm. But when he puts his opinions on paper or when he shoots them on the web, uh, I would think, in my opinion, 9 out of 10 times, I disregard them as just fiction because it's just it seems like he's just talking just to talk. Gotcha. And that goes in line with the entitlement thing it's like yeah you win but does that really give you the uh the, the platform to speak out of your ass i don't know i feel yeah. like it doesn't really give you the opportunity to do so 
Here, I will. Um, I'll pitch what's been happening. And sure. People can kind of like understand. It and this is better. just the Arizona thing, right? So we're not speaking uh, global. No, just Arizona. But I mean, I'm sure. I've had this happen in other scenes before, and I'm sure yeah, it will ahead. happen That's again. Basically, we do a thing called the True Grit League, um, and it's a three-part event. Part the first part is what we call the Koala Crier. It's kind of an offensive name, but it's that way on purpose because the reason it exists is to give people who feel they deserve a spot in B League a chance. If you win that, it's just a tra- traditional tournament format. You get into B League. And B League is basically at this point it's like Topanga. It's a round robin tournament. The winner gets into the league above it, which is A League, and the winner of that gets the grand prize. So the issue is that the criteria to get into so the event is run is run by said 3s who's an old third strike player but plays street fighter 4 and stuff too his name is abe and that's what i'm going to call him abe chooses who goes where and for the most part it's pretty accurate he uses kind of a combination of who's been placing well but also who's done well in the past but you can't make everyone happy you know and basically right now Everyone is complaining about who deserves to be where. And the funny thing is, I've noticed that the people complaining are not the players in the leaks. Which is interesting, right? Yeah, it's alright. Well, because you'd think, oh, like, I'm a player and I'm working so hard to get to this certain spot. I deserve to be here. No, it's actually just the people watching who say, this person should be there, this person should be there. But none of them are actually in the event, you know? Sure. I think mostly because um, the ones that players that whine about their situation either didn't qualify for it so they don't have a reason to whine most of the people that call out like hey this guy should be in this are the ones that are sitting on their couches yeah i agree with that um i guess the reason i'm upset by it other than it being super annoying is that uh you you can't make everyone happy and these sorts of events are interesting i mean it's cool to see a round robin style event as opposed to a um you know a one-off two out of three tournament so we want to keep doing them but uh i don't know what the best way to choose who's in the actual league should be you know well you have a pool of players right Mm -hmm. and then whatever history indicates and success rates for each player that's your that's your calling card i mean you can only go as far as how well you place yeah so this is why fighting games are so easy to determine who's good is just because we're a results-oriented game. You can't just talk, right? This isn't fucking a talk show. This yeah. is this is a game. You go in there, you put in your work, and if your work doesn't guarantee you a spot in anything, then you're not entitled to anything. So when people talk out of the cuff, uh, out of position, and try to speak like they're – you know, for lack of a better term, entitled to, to better things, then they have to earn it. And this is a game that you earn it. So, yeah, um, for, your Ari- yeah for your Arizona example, I mean, obviously the people that are going to spectate which players deserve to be in what spots, they can pretty much let the body of work speak for them. And if it doesn't reflect the opinions of those that are disagreeing with it, there's really no argument going for them. Yeah, let me give you another example. Um, because in this in this first example, it, it could be more like players' feelings being hurt that they weren't included, you know? But this other example is kind of a, a bit different and, and sort of gets at what I'm thinking about. We have a player uh, named Carlos. He's a super cool guy, 
really nice. Um, but he is newer. He's at the point where he can beat most of like the the middle rated players, you know. Yeah. And but he can't really beat any of the killers. He asked me for help, just to teach him the Fei Long matchup. He plays sure. bite. He plays Bison. So I was like, yeah, oh, I can. I watched it on stream. He's pretty terrible. Oh, don't be mean. <laughs> He's learning. Who cares? But I've, okay, so I've you're noticed. Terrible when you're learning. That's true. I've noticed a yeah, and that's the thing is like people need to be able to hear that and have that be a motivator instead of like a detractor. Oh, like, they don't want to hear they're terrible. They want to know why they're terrible. That's the biggest thing. Oh, that's fair. I mean, he's terrible because he's he crosses his fucking legs and he just like plays super casual. It's like, no, why don't you give a shit? Is that the guy? Uh, I don't think he crosses his legs. He plays uh, on pad. He does play pad, yeah. So he crosses his legs. Nailed it. You think that's the reason why? I hate people that cross their legs when they play. Uh, that's a really big pet peeve of mine. It's just like, do you not give a shit? And they're like, yeah, whatever, dude. Super JJ Cash. It's like, if they, <laughs> if they lose, it's like, whatever. It's because I wasn't really caring. It's like the Ross syndrome. It's pretty annoying. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, who's napping right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. So, um, you know what he said? So I told him this is a close matchup. Yeah, okay. Some people say that Fei Long wins, and some people say Bison wins, but a lot, I mean, it's just a close match. Um, and I don't want to go into all the reasons why. Just trust me. Yep, if you don't trust topic. me, yeah, trust Fudo, whatever. Sure, let's go. Um, when I told him that, he was like, no way. And he just kept arguing. And I'm like, there must be a reason why you specifically asked me for help. Yeah. And now you don't want to listen. You know? I think it's mostly out of frustration, though. That example is just purely frustration. People deal and vent in their own separate ways, right? Well, what I ended up doing was I, t I played Bison against another Fei Long player that we have, and I was actually able to win. Um, Are you talking about Braxton? It was Braxton, but like... Oh, no. But Braxton can beat this guy. So yeah. the point is it still stands. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I get it. Um... I don't know. I just don't. So, what I, is your your point? Is that you don't understand why they like? If you are a professional point? athlete and someone tells you to sit on the bench, like you sit on the bench, you know. Who's who's the somebody first? Oh, you mean in, that's kind of the difference in in our scene is that we don't have someone to just tell you where you there, stand. Okay. The irony of this is that when people feel like they deserve to be in spots, the ones that are actually dictating it are the ones that don't even play. Like. If you think about it, the, the community has evolved to where the figureheads are actually not even real players anymore, right? You think about, like, David and James, who are, like, the premier, the primo commentators. Those are the guys that get hired and yeah. flown out to everywhere. But the last time that those two have placed in a major, I don't know. I think it's been 2009 or 2008 when David was considered, like, a top player. Yeah, it's well, been I mean, a they, little longer for James. But they do their homework and they know the game. No, they absolutely can crunch the numbers. Obviously, they have to do their homework as they are the best commentators for every tournament. Yeah. But I'm saying like the figureheads for our community have finally evolved past being a top player. Oh, so I see your point. So now for the first time ever, there are people who sort of have a... A say. Yeah. Without having to be a great player. Like, why do three people listen to our podcast, right? Because... <laughs> None of us have achieved anything of worth in the Street Fighter community. 
technically we have. No, you're right. I mean, I mean, I get what you're saying. We're just aficionados who like doing this. Right. I have three Capcom Cup points, man. Like all. Do, do you for real have Capcom Cup points? Yeah, I got like six. I got ninth place at like a Wednesday fights giant premiere, and they gave me like three points for it. That's awesome. So you're better than me. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're better. That's official. I think it must have been that you weren't at that one. But there was like a hundred and so odd people. Like it was before oh, SCR or something. You think like. if I was there, I could could have scored some points? Probably would have, and you probably would have had more points. What I'm saying, like we don't have to be entitled, as that is the theme, right? Like we don't have to have a certain amount of merit in order to speak our opinions. But there is a a, a ground and a place and a line. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people, like, use their, their influence and their placings to overarch it. They, they use it to cross. And I feel like that's, that's so wrong. I feel like that's just, like, a young mentality. People just have, like, this ego, like you were talking about, where it's completely out of place. Where, okay, so you, you, you did well at a major, congrats, right? Like, you didn't yeah. win the major, but you did well at the major. Does that really entitle you to, you know speak on every single topic and then be the forefront voice because no one's listening well you know we have people who are good at like one game but then they talk about another game oh that's the worst yeah absolutely. i hate that i'm like i don't go around talking about marvel i just don't yeah i'm terrible you know. marvel you know my only my only claim to that game is i beat ricky ortiz one time no that means you're the best that's true she was pretty great at she was pretty great back then uh she just started out so that's like the one factoid i actually leave out don't, yeah, because, don't, don't say that. Well, it's too late. It's on the air. For those four, <laughs> for those four people, those four people, including my mother, who's gonna listen to this podcast. Nice. We went up a viewer just now because you included your mother. You know, we get like a hundred downloads. Yeah, like it's I don't one know. person downloading everyone. It's probably me. I'm probably downloading <laughs> podcasts a hundred times. I just tell all my friends, "Hey guys, please, can you can you please download it?" That's genius. All right. As long as David keeps retweeting and James keeps favoriting, we're pretty good. Yep. That we'll just have a community based on sloppy seconds of Ultra David. All for it. You know what? All for <laughs> it. Um, you know what? I, I did think of a new piece of news that we should talk about. Okay. So I want to throw it in. How about that Capcom Cup announcement? Which one? Wait, it's going to be at PlayStation Experience. Right. Uh, December 5th and 6th. Yeah. And, and again, it's in San Francisco. Right. Which I think they said that last year, that it would still be there. It's a lot pricier than last year. Yeah, it is. Uh, how do you, I mean, like, what do you think? Pros, cons? Pros, cons? Cons is as expensive. I think that's pretty obvious, right? Like, a lot of people wouldn't go just based on the fact that it's going to be a little bit on their wallets and the fact that most of those people will not be in San Francisco. They'll have to fly in, right? So you yeah. have to add in actual playing tickets and, and, and vacation days and whatnot. Yeah, and everything you have to buy. And the tickets are, are, are pretty pricey if you don't want the VIP experience. If you just want both days, that's, what, 75 I think? Yeah. What do you think they're going to do for VIP this year? I mean, last year we got the T-shirt and a Chromecast. Thought, right, yeah. And the they little have, bag itself. They have to probably make something better, obviously. I thought the Chromecast was great, but they can't just give out another one. Yeah, if they give out another Chromecast, <laughs> I, think I'll be, I think I'll be a little bummed about that. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys. I mean... I get it, but I also don't get it. Um, I mean, I think it'd be cool. Maybe they could give um, in-game currency for Street Fighter Five. That'd be cute. Uh, but that should give you an option because I don't own a PS4. <laughs> you don't own or don't want? I don't own one. 
I don't either. Oh, can we? Did you see the Kmart thing that happened? They should give everyone a PS4. Yeah, for the because it's about that expensive. Let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's worth it. And then there's the Foundry, obviously, as the after party. That's really so. fun to go to. I did get VIP tickets. I bought my tickets already. Yeah, I haven't yet because uh, I'm waiting on people to potentially go with me. And I bought the um, two-day PlayStation Pass. Yep. Uh, so the VIP tickets and the and the two-day things are separate, you're saying? Or are they the same? I thought that was unanimous. No, so the – okay. The VIP adds $75 to your ticket price no matter what. But oh, so the VIP only... – if you want to be VIP, you have to add $75 to it? Yeah, but you only need – So it's 150 No, it's a 130 it's one thirty. Yeah, holy balls! But two- that that was one thirty for two days plus the VIP. I think it's only like one ten if you do one day plus VIP. What is what was it last year? It was sixty. Felt like it was sixty. Yeah, it I was can't, sixty for I VIP. Really man. remember? And I think the actual two day pass. It wasn't even two days. It was one day, right? Yeah, it was just one day. It was one day last year, and I think if you just wanted to watch the damn event, it was like thirty dollars. Is yeah, that, is that Sea Slug in the background? That is Sea Slug. That's the captain hey, team. Is Sea Slug going to to the Prelude Two? Uh, I don't know. Trevor, are you going to the Prelude Two? No, he says no. He hates fighting games now. Really? Yeah, all he does is play Smite. <laughs> is this true? Is that a thing? Yeah, we're Team Esports now. It's not Team Sea Slug anymore. Guys, it's Team Team, team TSS Esports. <laughs> team Sea Sports. That's such a bummer. Well, ask him. Why are you not going to Prelude 2? He'll probably go. I'll probably drag him over. Well, I, I just I'm... I need a place to stay is why I'm asking. Tim, maybe I can stay with you. <laughs> you could probably stay at Trevor's. And how, f- how close is Torrance to Anaheim? It's a little bit further. But from your place to Anaheim, it's like 30 minutes, right? Yeah, from my place to Anaheim, it's an extra t- uh, 15 minutes. All right, well, we'll talk. Of course. This is like outside of the podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop breaking the fourth wall. I have. I mean, it was that important. I need a place to stay. So about entitlement with players. <laughs> Guys, aren't major... you going to house me for free? No. Yeah, exactly. There's no headlines for entitlement with players because I think most people have learned their lesson. Um. Right? I think that's the case. Are we, are we just leaving Capcom Cup now? No, we can still talk about Capcom Cup. I just don't know what else we can experience. Uh, like, like pros and cons. I think the biggest con is obviously price, like I said, and I think that'd be the biggest con for most people. Yeah, it is cool that it's at the PlayStation Experience. I mean, obviously that's a move by Sony. Right. I don't even know what the PlayStation Experience is. It's like their Nintendo Directs, except in person. I don't know. It's like an it's E3. Like their, it's like their E3. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty except cool. Except so they're also at E3. Yeah, it's it's like a TwitchCon, but for PlayStation. But it's a two-day event. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think they're probably going to have Street Fighter V there. Well, they're obviously going to have Street Fighter V there. Well, I'm hoping that they do those tournament, those fucking little tournaments where you win a PS4. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're just I not. I hope so, because I need to win one. And if it's me, <laughs> I have to, because Christian couldn't do it against Gutex, let's be real. I mean, he lost to Gutex 2-1, to, uh, two to one, you know? He just uh, dropped the ball in that one, losing to Gutex. I feel like every episode we have to... Like, until Christian gets revenge, we have to reference it. Uh, which part? The part where Gutex beat Christian or the part where Christian lost to Gutex? Both parts. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> because when Gutex beat Christian for that PS4, um, I was like, wow, Christian couldn't beat Gutex? 
And then he's like, yeah, I didn't beat Gutex. And I'm like, wait, who did you lose to again? Oh, Gutex? So when, when Gutex beat Christian for that PS4, I was like, oh, man. I can't believe Christian lost to Gutex. <laughs> there's a lot of losing to Gutex. Dude, there's too much losing to Gutex. He um, already not- has, like, four of those PS4s. He has two of them, and he, like, super openly bragged about it. He was like, I got all these PS4s. And I'm like, wow, what a dick. He's like, I don't know what to do with this one. And he took a picture of the, the one. He's he got just using them as uh, breakfast plates. Yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah. Should have got three. But, uh, yeah, Street Fighter Five looks fun. Um, I don't know what the hell's going to happen in the PS experience. I'm sure that's going to be fun, too. I don't know whether or not I can honestly say it would be worth the money. Yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, when they put a copy of Street Fighter Five in the in the bonus bag. Yeah, that'd be great if they put a copy of Street Fighter Five in the bonus bag. But if it's another Chromecast, I might just throw up. <laughs> uh, but it's in San Francisco, so that's nice. The only thing that's bad about that is that every hotel is going to cost you about fucking billion your, dollars. Your two months' rent. It's a gonna, billion dollars. Yeah, it's going to cost you about a billion dollars. And like last year, I think Nick and I had a, a pretty lucky engagement. I think Trevor was there too. What do you mean lucky yeah. engagement? We got lucky in, as far as a deal that we got, I think, right? What? Didn't we know someone? Oh, John's sister. Don't... Yep, John's sister, the one you're dating. I'm not dating John's Sarah. sister. <laughs> Maybe she can do that for us again. I don't... She could. I think that's potentially the, the the idea, right? Like, that's the idea. Whatever. I mean, like, so if you're going to be at Capcom Cup, you know, Nick will be there. Yeah. And if he's out. the only representation for the Fighting 99, say hello to him. That might be the case, unfortunately. It might be because Christian whines about money all the time, and I don't know about what John's doing because I don't even think he's part of this club anymore. I think he'll be there. He might be. He's too, he's trying to qualify. He's like, I'm gonna win Summer Jam. He's gonna win Summer Jam. That's you know that's quoting yeah, John. Uh, John. I mean, I don't know. Has he got? Has he come close? Can I? I think he got. I, I mean, he got I, like 30th at Evo, 36 or something. I mean, yeah, 33rd at Evo. Yeah, he got 33rd at Evo. Pretty good. Yep, losing to Rose again. Oh, yeah, it was Anton. And I don't know if Anton's going to be at Summer Jam, but if he is, John's Oh, man. I hope screwed. they avoid each other. Anton always beats John. Yeah. 100%. Huh? Whatever. Yeah, like when you have a stigma against a character. We should talk about that next podcast, about how you have like these mental blocks. Isn't that the worst? Do you remember? Well, actually, can we just talk about it here a little bit? We can go in depth later, but I just wanted to call attention to, do you remember the arrow curse? Uh, yes, you lost five in a row. It was, I feel like it might have been more. For context, uh, Nick couldn't beat a Honda player. With Fei Long, that match is terrible for Honda. And a terrible matchup for Honda, in which case every button Honda pushed was punishable by everything. Oh, are we talking about Arrow? Yeah, we're talking about Arrow. Yeah, back then you could still wreck a, like, regular headbutts. Yeah, and, like, roundhouses. Everything was, yeah, you could, blocked roundhouse you could punish. And uh, Nick couldn't beat him, and it was kind of a uh, kind of hilarious, actually. And uh, let's talk about how Nick loses to every Blanca at Evo. Like that's I don't hilarious. do that anymore yeah. either. But I used well, you to. Haven't, you haven't played a Blanca at Evo. I still played Abel back then, which again, no excuse because Abel's supposed to be Blanca. That's a seven-three matchup in Abel's favor. I don't think it's seven-three. Well, you don't know anything. Look, for the record, Momochi was standing right over me. You know? That's not. That's doesn't matter. Intimidating. Paul beat Choco Blanco with Momochi coaching too, man. That's if you guys don't know, that's Black Skills. He's just better than I am. And DJ loses to Blanco. That's a terrible matchup for DJ. Is it really? Yeah, that's a pretty horrible matchup. Everything DJ does is like super unsafe mm-hmm. against Blanco. Interesting. And like, who turtles better? 
the guy who throws fireballs and gets slid on, or the guy who just sits back and do nothing? Yeah, good point. Pretty sure it's the guy who does nothing. <laughs> Laga sucks. <laughs> you I, just hope su- he, I hope he's in Street Fighter Five. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. I don't think they can get rid of Blanca. I hope they don't get rid of Blanca. He's pretty cool. He's the only unique character in Street Fighter. The only unique character, and I would, I would, I'll fight anybody who says otherwise. That's a good point. Who, who in the damn canon has any electricity properties besides Viper? I don't even know if you can consider that, because like her, her. No, her, hers are like man-made. Yeah, exactly. Powers. And she, he's the only like non-human being. Everybody else is like somewhat human being, but the dude's just like blatantly not a human being. Yeah, which is great. It's pretty great. Uh, if they take him away, I'll be I'll be quite upset. He's the only character of his kind. Um, there's like no replacement. Like Nash can replace Guile. That's fine. Whatever, right? Like, you know can... what would be funny? You know how they have to redo all the characters? Like they're like Birdie's fat or whatever. Yeah, Birdie used to not be fat. What if like Blanca was running out of electricity? Oh God, <laughs> that's how they made him worse. He's been traveling too much, and he's been away from his native Brazil, so he's running out of electricity. Yeah. Well, so It'd like, be completely different new movesets, though. I don't know what, what what it would do, but it would just be funny. Like, you try to do electricity, and sometimes it works, and sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it's like he runs up. No, it's like a, like a Marvel reference. You know how Deadpool teleport? He blows up. Yeah. It'd be like every now and again, his electricity runs out, and he blows up, and he, like, shoots backwards. It's a hard knockdown. Yeah. And you're like, damn, Vlaka's even worse than before. That would be so good. It'd be terrible. What are you talking about? It's awful. It's a terrible mechanic. <laughs> But yeah, Capcom Cup should be fun, obviously. Uh, for those that want to attend, I'm not going to discourage you from going just because of the price. As no, I mean, it was so great. It was yeah, very it was, fun. It was, it was pretty great last year when we went. And even then, it was considered pricey when we went the first initial time where it's like, you're just paying $70 to watch. Like, you're not even going to play. And like, even then, I still enjoyed it, right? Like... Yeah, it felt like uh, the energy in the room was great. I know yeah. everyone on the stream was like making fun of a rival and stuff, but like in the room, people were like, "This Whatever. is cool," and like, it was sweet. I mean, like, what do you what are you supposed to do as a DJ when you're playing tunes? You're just gonna stare at the crowd? That's freaking weird. Yeah. No, you're you gonna... know what? I mean, what was awesome with um, with it was like you would um. You'd be watching, and then they'd call intermission, and everyone would get up and go to the cabs that were in the back, you know, to try to play. Yeah, even though they were super laggy. But yeah, it didn't matter. It was just like, oh, let's play. Because people were getting drinks, and like, you, you know, you could see, you could, Ultra David could see you because he was like, they were looking into the crowd, so it was fun just to get to like. I think it was mostly because you get to watch the games live, right? So you get the live reaction of the players, and you get the live reaction from the people instead yeah. of watching it off the stream. For those. Yeah, the commentary is good. For those that don't understand, like, live versus stream, because you've watched only stream tournaments, live tournaments are just ten times better. Maybe yeah. even more than that. I might be even, like, underselling it. Yeah, but, you don't really... And it was interesting that they put the commentary in the room, but uh, even without it, I think it would have been totally worth it. So. Yeah, I don't know if it would be worth it this year, uh, given the fact that I have no idea what PlayStation experience is. Um... But obviously, as I do more research into it, I could probably provide a better formulated opinion. As of right now, 130, it is pricey. It's a double. It's almost double the the price tag of last year's. But you get one more day, so you can arguably say that's the reason why it's it's more expensive, yeah. right? But like I said, if you tack on hotel prices from San Francisco, it's pretty rough. Don't don't like park there either. 
Oh man, yeah, you might get your stuff jacked and stuff. It depends on what neighborhood you're parking. Well, like park in a place, it's just expensive to park in a place, you know. Yeah, but the pros are, you know, live tournament experience. You're gonna see the best of the best duke it out. Uh, if your favorite player is gonna be there, there's even more incentive to go. There's gonna be an after party, obviously. Then that's not even accounting the two days that you're gonna be at the convention or whatever the hell it's called. And I'm sure there's gonna be inside perks within the area that's not just Capcom Cup related. And uh, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of perks, right? The event itself should be the number one perk. Yeah. I mean, I think it's gonna be great. I think uh, it's gonna be great. All right, real quick, let's touch on our last subject. Yep. And it's just something to think about, really. We don't have to go too in-depth. It's not like we have any facts on it, but I was talking um, to Ultra David on Facebook. Yeah, it's purely opinionated. Yeah, and he had made a post saying, like, the average age for, and I can't remember the first number, but the average age for, like, someone who plays an RTS game or who plays uh, MOBA was significantly younger than the average age of a competitive player for Street Fighter V. Like, for the ones who are the top of the top. Street Fighter right. V players tend to be around, like, 25, 26. Sometimes I mean, Street Fighter four players. Sorry, Street Fighter Four, yeah. And mobile players are all, like, 18 or younger, you know? Yep, and that's not even, like, FPS players who are just averaging about 22, 21, something like that as well, because a lot of FPS players, and I'm not speaking just generally um, PC, I'm talking about consoles. Consoles especially retire around 23, Right, yeah. like the biggest, the biggest retirement uh, of recently, I think, is Nadeshot, Right, Optics. Oh, on um, on that end of, yeah. Optics co-founder um, retired, if you can even call it that, at 23, which is pretty nuts. I wish I could retire at 23. Yeah, so he's done because he's been making like six figures, uh, borderline seven figures, as a streamer personality slash co-owner of Optic Gaming, and obviously as a player, <laughs> where they won four straight majors and then. The one time that they didn't do well, he actually stepped down and said I wasn't good enough for the team. And since then, Optic Gaming has won, I think, four and placed in the top grand finals like three times or whatever like that. Something like that. I'm not sure 100% of the facts. It's but nuts. Like, yeah, it's I, nuts. I totally understand. The average age of uh, what you consider a mainstream eSport title is generally going to be a lot younger than a fighting game player. And yeah, you were mentioning the reasons what David was citing as uh, why FPS or RTS or MOBAs are younger than fighting games. Yeah, well, David was just pondering, saying, well, the, you know, the human brain grows with age and it changes. The purpose is when you are uh, younger, you need to be able to make decisions quickly because you're forming, you know, like in those ages, you don't know. What's dangerous? What's not dangerous? We're talking from like a strictly primal development standpoint, right? Yep. But when you're older, you don't rely on your speed and your strength. You rely on decision making, right? You don't put yourself in danger because you know what is dangerous and what isn't. It's strictly decision making versus um, ability, right? Yeah, yeah. It's less about reaction time. And the speed of the game and more about your processing and your approach to facing your opponent. Yeah, and that's how you can see um, players, you know, like they say you, you that the older players in Street Fighter don't have as good of reactions. Which is true. I think it's true, but it's interesting how some of them deal with it because you can tell players that are older who do preemptive things in order to, right. like, I've seen Valle stick out low forwards that connect only because the opponent did a move into it 
Right. And then he'll combo into, you know, EX Fireball, FADC Ultra as a Ryu. Yeah, I like this topic. It's unique because the older you get, the theory is you're going to be slower, right? Obviously, don't ask Reinhardt that because he doesn't do shit. Yeah. No, that's he the thing. I love, I love Reinhardt yeah. for, for still playing. I love Valle for still playing. I like the idea of us being like 50 and still playing. But with Valle, it's different because he reads the situation. That's why it's notorious that he loses the first game. He always pretty much loses the first round. Yeah. Because that entire round, he's going to soak up all of that time to absorb your tendencies, understand what you do on given situations, what you do when you're pressured, what you do when you're giving pressure, what you do when you push this certain button. So he's actually watching most of what you're doing and then, then collecting goes, that yeah. information. And then he pretty much uses it back on you in the next coming rounds. So the same with Justin Wong, who a lot of people think might be young, but he's not He's not that young anymore. No, he's really not. How old is he? He's older than I am. I think he's 29 now. Yeah, I mean, that's why three years from now I better be 28, the best. 28, 29. <laughs> Yeah, I think Justin's 28, 29 or something like that. I know, I know Mike Ross is like 30 almost. He's like 29. Right? Like these are the players that that are considered new gen by the old old folks and they're not even new gen no more. Yeah. And reactions don't win you games, man. Like let's ask Yeah, I mean they ask, can, like, but they don't win you the whole game. Yeah. So the older you get sometimes is actually an advantage because yeah. the older you get, the more the more situations you've seen the less you'll be afraid or the less you'll be flustered in situations because you've seen everything before. You know how to read opponents well. You're calm under pressure. You've been in these – like, like I, can't see, I can't seem to get the situation word out of my head, but like you've, you've, just, you've just been around the block. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you know what's going to happen. So although I do agree that the, a lot of older players do do preemptive button presses, I do think it's like the Valle theory where they usually typically lose in the beginning – in order to gain valuable information because uh, a lot of people do not have a plan B. They have a plan A of attack. So when they're going through their progressions, they're going to be going through the same kind of button presses, the same kind of um, cycling through offensive options, et cetera, et cetera. And then the older players that have seen everything before will keep note of that mm -hmm. and then they'll punish you for it. Well, and then I was looking at trends, right? I'm just going to change it. It's still the same subject, but a little bit different. Okay. Dota became very popular. But what really took it further was when League of Legends simplified it. And it simplified it in multiple ways. I mean, it simplified the kind of computer you needed to use. Like, you could use a... It didn't take as much power. Sure. You, it simplified the control schemes, the build orders. You know, everything is just a little bit easier. Okay. Um, and due to that, more people can get into the game. The community for it hasn't suffered because of that. Because the mental part of the game is still the same. Yeah, um, I mean, different execution things happen, sure, and I think there is value in execution, don't get me wrong, but I do think there's also value in having more people playing the game. Um, and I think Street Fighter V is doing that. I mean, they recognized certain players can't get into it because it's the barrier to entry is, is high. Right. So they're simplifying the game. Yeah, and you know, hopefully that means that you know people can play at a competitive level for a longer amount of time and more people will want to play and that just means good things for us so yeah it's a good comparison i think um dota 2 would be considered always as the the advanced model of a moba yeah because it's it's basically a cut 
cut from the cloth, same thing from Dota 1. And a lot of things from Dota 1 mechanically are very, very different from those things in like Heroes of New Earth, even though it's technically a strictly clone version of the game and obviously League, which is the most popular game right now, period, by a long shot. Yeah. So, yeah, simplifying a fighting game is probably the thing that we didn't discuss while we were on our multitudes of road trips on what to do to improve on the eSport model because it just wasn't something that we can grasp. We're not the publishers. We're not the developers. But Yeah, we weren't really even thinking from that angle because we were yeah. thinking, like, this is what fighting games are and how do we – we've always been talking about how to make people understand e- more easily. You know, we're like, how can we make people understand frame data? How can we make them understand – cancels yeah, exactly. and links and whatever and now it's like oh we'll just make it easier <laughs> yeah I, th- I don't i don't think it's controversial to admit that street fighter 5 would probably be an easier game than 4 well it's going to be easier in like in mechanical inputs how you do the game you know yeah like, sure it links isn't hard to move a chess piece to physically move a chess piece is easy but the game's very difficult exactly so yeah that, that's why i like the the league of legends comparison mm-hmm. makes sense um but like what what David was talking about, like motor skills and whatnot, yeah, why he... retire early, it also makes a lot of sense. A lot of the games that are considered the top esports now, and those are like League of Legends, CS:GO, you know, Dota 2, uh, not Hearthstone. I was gonna say that for a second, but I'm like, you don't need motor skills for that. You just need to be able to <laughs> read the screen. You just need a. Uh, you need fast it called? Uh, RGN fast skills. No, it's it's RNG, but RNG. Uh, thank you. It's okay. Wow, you are very a novice in the play. esport realm. I play Magic sometimes. Not and there's like... a lot of RNG and Magic too, man. The new sets are all Magic RNG, right, Jay? I haven't been playing. Jay said yes. He <laughs> agreed with me. Totally know what I'm talking about. Magic expert. Tell Jay said, that no. we should duel sometime. No, Magic, I think Jay will kill you. Probably. Probably murder you. <laughs> and then he'll build a deck for me to murder. He'll beat you with Magic, he says. Oh, with real Magic? Yeah, probably. That's cool. Oh, okay. Never mind. Anyway, so, yeah, so the reason why those esports are are strictly catered to the youngest of young when you're a professional player is because those games are actually more geared toward your reaction speed and not as much toward your decision-making. Of course, decision-making comes really, really important to games like Dota 2, but... Uh, the best example I can give you is that for every game, every mobile game, you're not the only one drafting. Usually you have a designated drafter, and then you have coaches and analysts. So you have data. You have a guy who pretty much tells you what the other team typically picks or they're typically bad at. And then you have your history of games where you know which player is good with wit and what what hero is comfortable, what's a comfort pick for them. And then you have one universal drafter amongst your five members on a team. So you're not even the guy thinking of everything or the girl thinking of everything, um, which is different from RTS where you are the only person deciding Making your whole. Yeah. Yep. So I think there's a, there's a, a merit to what he's saying, but there's also dis, you know, it's also discredited by Starcraft two. I think because decision-making in Starcraft two is so incredibly ridiculous. That it's kind of the, the synthesis of both things. It's an, it's a ton of decision-making and a, ton and a lot of, of reaction. And honestly though, you know, StarCraft was really like the first esport. It was. And uh, well, Quake, Quake probably was like. Oh, uh, that's e-sport. fair. But but I think StarCraft popularized it and really paved the way for a lot of different games. But now it's not as popular. And the same things. Yeah, and I I would think it's partly because of 
the the skill factor, you know. Yeah, the the curve of StarCraft Two was ridiculous. Um, the fact that you need to be on the top of both your reaction speed game, like how how fast you can you mm -hmm. can react to things, and then also your decision making processes. It's just like a really difficult game for people to get into, and like, I'm sure there are there are not that many people trying to become a pro StarCraft Two player. Yeah. No, I agree. Even though it's pretty lucrative, I think it's if you if you if you're really good, you could definitely make a living. Uh, in Korea, <laughs> right? I mean, Koreans are like superstars. They're the soccer team. They're not. They're the basketball team. They're the they're the baseball team. It's not the other way around. But yeah, I totally agree with the the argument. I have obviously there there are some fallacies to it too, but for the most part, it's correct. Fighting gamers like Sako, um, who reads only the opponent's side of the screen instead of his own, so he can understand yeah. the spacing of his opponent. And then make decisions based on that. Uh, that's why fighting gamers are older, typically, because they don't have to rely specifically on reaction time, whereas a lot of the esports that are popular now are very reaction based. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, all right. It's kind of a shorter podcast, I think, but um, we'll have a longer one next time. You know, them. a lot of our members are missing in action today. Do we do the prayer, or do we do two prayers next time? How does this work? I don't know. We don't do the prayer. I don't think. I, I think, think John been... is like the the pastor. Yeah, we had him. We had him last time for a sneak preview for like <laughs> ten minutes. He this graced us with his presence. Well, hey, uh, let me plug some stuff before we go. If oh, you're listening to this podcast, check out our website fighting99.com. You probably know about it because that's what we link to these on. So. Yeah, you're probably listening to this on it. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, from now on, on Fridays, we are doing a tournament in um, Arizona. We call it The Weekly, and I run it along with John. We are uh, going to start streaming it, and I believe this is the first week that we're going to officially stream it. So it'll be on the Fighting 99 Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash thefighting99. And um, it starts around 8 p.m. What, what are we... I guess we're AZ time. I don't know if we're different from anywhere else right now. Mountain Standard Time. I mean, you're at 8 o'clock right now, dude, so I don't feel like you're different. 8.24? Is that what you got? Yeah, we're at 8.24. All right, so. we're the same right now. So Pacific Time and Mountain Time are the same right now. But anyways, check that out. Um, I do a lot of commentary, and we have a lot of players that are trying to get better, and they should be traveling to um, SCR, and so you'll see us there. Come cheer us on, you know. Yep. And uh, contrary to popular belief, and not popular belief at all, uh, Nick's own belief, the Fight 99 is not headquartered in Arizona. It's headquartered in Arizona, but we have um, another headquarter. Not headquarters in Arizona. <laughs> it's headquartered in my head. It's headquartered <laughs> in my ideas that I brought up. It's quartered in your head. Yep. I don't know. The original house. Is the thing I'm... about the Fighting 99 is that it's headquartered wherever you want it to be headquartered. Like, Bro, home is where the heart is. Ew. Fighting 99 is the headquarters where Fighting 99 is. Uh, shut it down. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.